four improvisers have chosen to don their cloaks, brandish their sabers, and speak in terrible accents for your entertainment. Pass the Doritos, grab your dice, and go on a quest with Des Moines' best comedians as they do all of those things in... Des Moines and Dragons! Welcome, everyone, to Des Moines and Dragons. I am your dungeon master, Paul Privateera. With me, as always and forever, is my cast. Let me count the ways <laughs> in which I love them. Just kidding. We'll just do intros really quick and then get right into the episode. Uh, started on my left. I'm going to start in the middle. Charity's in the middle. Charity, what's up? Hi. What have you been up to? Just living the dream. Cool. Man, I had a show last week. It was really good. Good. I feel really good about it. I've been going to a lot more shows lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you get a lot of laughs? Um. A lot of gasps? Yeah. A lot of reactions. Okay. We'll go. That's what I go for. Okay. I like a wide range of, I want tears of joy and sadness, gasps of shock and fear. That's Your comedy I... shows are fucking <laughs> crazy. They're pretty good, if uh, I do say so myself. So <laughs> no one can see this, but if we look at the sound wave right now, Charity just laughed, and it actually didn't peak out the the sound wave. So that's... <laughs> just wait. Every day we're getting better. Just wait. Just um, wait. Charity and I listened to Old Town Road on the drive over to the compound, so we're rearing to... We are. We're ready to role play. Paul so, and I are at like a strong 10. Oh, yeah. We are cruising we at 1,000 feet or whatever. Really flying. I'm just hot. I had hash and fried eggs this morning for breakfast. Oh, that would do it. Oh, yeah. I'm good. I okay. I also had hash and fried Eesh. eggs this morning. Just kidding. Eek. 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 Jason. Hi. What's up, man? Jason wrote Resident Rad Dad, uh, as we call him. Uh, what have you been up to this week? Uh, two to three hangovers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've been kind of on the sly yeah. working on getting You and some... I, have, we've been googing. We've been we've Lots been of gooks. A lot of gooks. Oh, my God. Left and right. Yeah, you yeah, don't know where they're them. coming from. Yeah, it's all over. Three hundred sixty degree. Yeah, I mean, anywhere you reach, there's a fresh goog to get a hold of, and start pulling on it to get that new stuff going. Yank those googs. Yanking googs. So googs is what the kids say uh, as a term <laughs> in reference to researching places to do the live show. Oh, uh, and that and other things as well beyond live show and beyond. Oh yeah, uh, new show stuff like it. We've been doing a lot of stuff, work for the Des Moines and Dragons show overall. Yeah, this week. look for some explosions, like mark. Ooh. I don't know, like market changing, life changing explosions of truth and power. Yeah, we. Uh, I found out that we have several listeners from various places around, not only the country but the world. So shout out to. Our friends in Florida. There's like a couple of fine folk in Florida That's that so regularly cool. listen to the show. That's so cool. Um, they're sweet. I don't want to like dox anyone and say names per se, but to you yeah, folks in Florida, you know who you are. So I mean, thanks. Also, the people that listen to us in the Netherlands. What's I'm, up? That's cool. Uh, what's up? I mean, that's where that's that's my where my hair my atavistic Viking is coming out right now. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. Did you like reach out through your ancestors' mind to inform them about the show? I basically just uh, through the world tree connected to them. Yeah, you you warged into some Scandinavians. <laughs> yeah, they were. In, of course, they were just standing at a metal show, fucking just doing everything I love. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That you just warg into Scandinavian people. <laughs> That's, That's your ability. Yep. yep. Cool. All right. Neato Speedo, um, last but certainly not leastest, is Tim. Hi, Paul. Hey, Tim. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Come, no, you don't get off that easy. That's bullshit. Fucking slide. You're wearing a cool Sturgis shirt. Yeah, it's my dad's. It says uh, 1988 on it. It was three years before I was born. What? 
what? It's got a guy on a motorcycle on it. Yeah, and he's all like a skull and stuff. When you think of Sturges, what do you think of? My dad. And and then boobs. In that order? Yeah. All the time? Yeah. All right. And then tires squealing. 14 years before I was born. And then popping. Jesus. That's 14 years before you were born? 1983? 88. 88. Oh, 88. Never mind. That's less than. Quit on the fly. No, 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 no. no. Don't do it. (laughs) That's how you summon uh, (laughs) something. Uh, I thought you said 83. It's fine. It's fine. I love that. My favorite is the image on the on the actual arm of your t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that by far. That's basically me. No, it's true. Mind. It looks a lot like Whoa. Jason. Sorry, I got a little close. Yeah, you got a little. You got a little hot. I'm. I'm a, like. I'm in a, a really. Hot. I've got a short distance here to work with. I'm kind of right up on this bitch. I know. the The next thing we want to do for the show is get uh, different mic stands so that we're not. Uh, no one can see us, but we're these mic stands are a little small, so we kind of got to hunch over and. It's okay. It's not a bad. You know, size I, that I matters, just feel like Paul. I have to explain I mean, all. You don't the time. need to explain yourself. I can just be growers, not showers. You know, when yeah. we, we get the new work ones. with what yeah. we've got. Now okay, just, and that's good enough. Right. Uh, well, we've sufficiently stalled long enough to consider that an intro. So without further ado, we will turn it over to our narrator, Balarat, who will... Uh, My God! Not yet, Charity, Sorry. for the love of God. Uh, Too soon. We'll set up the scene and get us ready to begin episode 14. 14! 14. 14. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And so, to you now, I say that our fight is not with the people. But with the crown, Queen Victoria has set idle as you toil and fight for reasons not of honor or country, but for greed and callous indifference to the plight of the commoner. I ask you now to join me and my kin as we take back our city, take back our country, and secure our home for the good of all peoples. Strip the teal banners from your heldry. Leave your loyalties to a wretched lineage in the mud and take up arms against those who would leave you starved and lost. This day we take the throne so that it may be given to all the people of Alal. Archmage Verentoid, first anointed servant of God Gantulov. One day ago. The Battle of Katia was a battle of desperation. Managing to save many of those Tosric people, it was up to Orzok, Harbeck, Azakir, and Ornella to protect the retreat of the rescued. In the final hours of the evacuation, an old foe of Orzok's made himself known. The most feared company of Teal Guard, the First Legion's 99th Cadre, the Vulfin. Led by the man who slew Orzok's father, the 99th Cadre charged our hero's position to finish what had been started so many years ago. Orzok reached deep within his totemic magic and transformed into a scaled version of himself, embodying the spirit of the Takari. The spirit of rage, quickness, and violence. The red wake tore into his foes like a scythe through wheat. At the end of the battle, the 99th Cadre were all lying dead, their leader skewered by the bone sword of an enraged Orzok. Ornella and Azakir had both been hurt badly during the battle, and before it was all over, some of the soldiers changed into crab preachers, signaling the escalation of the demonic threat. In the quiet and stillness of our hero's victory, who was to appear as the lone survivor? But none other than Ornella's father, Aldrich. Crying, bloody, and weak, he emerged from behind cover calling to his only daughter, begging for forgiveness. We pick up on a close-up of Orzok's face. Orzok, you just uh, completed a totemic rage, the likes of which has not really been seen or done ever by your people, where the physical characteristics of your totem are uh, shown rather than just, like, if your strength is increased, oh, what are you that's literally... What that was? 
you literally changed shape and form. So what does the come down from that look like? Because I imagine with that great increase in um, that huge change, right. the the come down from it is probably intense, but I don't know what it looks like. Can you describe what it looks and feels like? Or maybe how Orzok is presenting himself? Well, so I think if I can recall where we left off mm-hmm. with, uh, I had to pass a will check to not attack yes. Ornella. Me. Correct. Which I did pass. So as I, you're zoomed in on my face, and as you turn, I've got my sword by my shoulder, and as the camera comes back, it actually passes over Ornella's head, and you realize that the sword was kind of turning, and it looks like maybe there's an attack, and as I see it, the sword, I turn, and the sword, I put the sword in the ground, and I kind of lean on it, and I'm just kind of shaking violently mm-hmm. as, like, the spine, like, the, the scales... And the, the bonier protrusions that were in my skin start receding back in. Yeah. And, like, it just starts sweating profusely. Like, it's like looking at somebody who's kind of detoxing a little bit. You know, it's just this violent oh, kind like of, like... Oh, like withdrawals, yes. sort of? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweaty, shaky. That's a cool shaky. way to describe that. Yep. So the, we, we get this camera, uh, this camera shot that um, has Ornella in the foreground and then a f- in focus is Orzok and this like come down withdrawal. The camera changes focus and uh, Orzok fades into the background and the focus then turns to Ornella and we see she's actually looking away from Orzok right now and we hear the soft sounds of a man crying um, and the the sounds are muted at first like they're coming through uh, as if when you cover your ears that weird uh, muffled sound and the the sound becomes more clear and then it, it very obviously becomes a man crying and the uh, we pivot around to now um, look behind like uh, the camera's behind Ornella looking forward where she's looking and we see this uh, building that had uh, been situated down the street like a, a couple buildings away uh, there's a man in the blue and silver armor of the First Legion 99th Cadre, uh, who's fallen to his knees, is weeping. He has long uh, brown hair, and it's covering his face, and he's just got his head in his hands. Uh, We know from last time that he called out to Ornella by name, and Ornella replied, Father? And uh, we we pick up there. I start to walk towards him. Harbeck, what are you, what are you doing at this point? So I think Harbeck is still atop the build. No, he did come down. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Azakir was kind of in the middle of the fray. Right. Actually, um, if this was like plotted out, Azakir is kind of the furthest away down the street, further, and then in the middle is sort of this building where Aldridge was, and then. Um, at the back where you were, you were atop the building casting right. spells. Right, right. So I'm still up there. And from where I'm at, I think I can make out uh, the man in armor. And so from far away in the distance in this desert, you hear, Ornella, I think that's your dad. Or- Ornella just like puts a hand up. Harbeck like, sees the it. wave. Yep. Yep. Harbeck sees the wave. Okay. Um, as Orzok is kind of uh, not violent. I mean, it's not like a harm to himself, but that's why, because he's holding onto his sword. It's like keeping him grounded. Mm-hmm. He's His eyes, he's like going through this whole weird thing where he's still filled with some anger. And as he looked at Ornella and he started changing back, he's kind of softened. And then all of a sudden he starts looking at the, this potential person that's your father. And he just kind of, pulls the sword out and the things start coming back and he like starts walking over towards the father okay. figure. So do you like walk brush past Ornella? Like uh, I'm not I'm not rush, rushing, but it's like I'm still struggling to come out of it is yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm realizing. Is what I'm trying to portray. So you you hear the footsteps of Orzok uh behind you as you approach uh where your father and the, is kneeling. The sword is like dragging behind dragging him. along the the cobblestone street i jump in front of orzok and like both hands on his chest don't fucking dare 
Uh, I'll roll a willpower check just Kim. to see. Yep. Harbeck comes down the building. Wisdom check, right? That's what it is. Yes. Yep. He sees the two of them. Oh, hey guys. That's half on, half off. What? What are you? What are you doing? Um, that's twelve. No. Yes, twelve. Okay, so the DC is twelve. Yes. So if it meets, it beats. So right. you pass. And I'm just like, I'm and, like, and maybe like part of like, you were so close to just like cutting her in two and then killing this guy, but then you hear Harbeck behind you. Right. <laughs> what are you guys doing? There's a whole lot of environmental things keeping me in check, and it's like I'm just like, I can't really figure out what to do. Orzak, what the shit is wrong with you? And I look at him, and I'm like, oh. Still like, uh, oh, I've seen that before. Uh, it's just like not even talking. Can't make out words. Guttural sounds. Yes. Heavy breathing. You got this, laddie. Just keep about your wits. Don't give in. And um, I'm going to roll. No, you tell him. I'm rolling. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing real well. Okay. It's getting harder to resist. Uh, I walk away. Or now that, yeah, we better go. I'll keep walking. Okay. So uh, we we see uh, Orzak just struggling in himself to uh, move or not move, and we follow Ornella and Harbeck as they walk towards Aldridge on the ground. And game mechanic wise, the rage will probably end on its own soon. You, anyway, you can uh, like you pass your earlier check, so right. you can kind of end this. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll I'm not going to penalize the, you for it, but right. I also like the RP. So, right. yeah, it's fun. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Ornella, you approach um, your uh, father. He's got uh, so his thick wavy hair is hanging in front of his face, and long unkempt strings on the side of his head. Uh, and he's just got his head in his gauntleted hand, or yeah, his head in his gauntleted hands, and he's sobbing quietly to himself. Hi, Daddy. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're here. He takes his uh, he takes his hand out of his mailed gauntlet and um, sees his hands are dirty and bruised, and he wipes um, wipes tears from his eyes and his he looks up at you for the first time. you you see his face. Um, his eyes are sunken into his head. Uh, with deep purple bags, like he doesn't look well. Uh, and then you see there's a big goose egg on the side of his temple, and he's got bruising around his mouth and on his face. And he's through teary red eyes, he looks at you and um, grabs your hand and just starts sobbing. He says, The queen, she killed your siblings. Oh, God. He just starts crying into your hand. Harbeck. Yeah, I... Would you make sure that Orzak is okay? Uh, sure. Um, I'll just stand by him while he does his thing. That sounds good. Okay, bye. <laughs> she had me watch. She burned down the estate, the stables... Everything. The stables? He just shakes his head, sobbing. What of the horses? All of it's gone. <clears throat> the queen is nothing but rage and hatred now. The last thing I heard before I was escorted to the dungeons was her screaming at the council for vengeance. What did you do? It's, it's everything. I've, I don't... I don't know where it all went so wrong. I spent... Roll a persuade at advantage for me. Uh, 15? He, uh... You see him bite his lower lip as if to contemplate to himself. And then he, he says... You, I was, I was doing this because I thought it was the right thing to do. I was working with a man. It's this toyed. 
and he looks up at you at the mention of the name? How? We've met. Where is he? What has he done? What is happening? I grab his throat. Uh, what? Ornella, what? How do you know? Ornella, what? what are you doing? Just hanging out, Harbeck. Toy, uh, he. Let me explain. I want you, Father, to take a, a moment and live in this and know that it is my hand around your neck and that I am in control now and that I am in charge. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? For once in your life, are you listening to me? Yes. He, uh, we get this uh, camera shot in profile of you holding up your dad by the neck, squeezing at his throat, and we see him, uh, his hands like quivering at his side, his... It's this juxtaposition, uh, this power dynamic. He looks really weak. His hair is unkempt, and his he just looks like he's been through the ringer. And, I mean, while you were in battle and took some serious wounds, uh, the look on your face is of confidence and assured purpose. So uh, we sit in this camera shot for a couple seconds of stillness. And he says, this is, this is my fault. And I don't deserve mercy, and I don't deserve your consideration. But if you would do me one kindness and please allow me to explain what happened. Start talking. Do you let go of his throat? Yeah. <laughs> he, he collapses to the ground and uh, wipes at his face. Uh, Orzak. What, uh, Harbeck comes over to you. So, as I'm coming down. Yeah. Um, basically what had happened is there was this final flood of kind of emotional push into the rage that I had started bringing down that kind of brought, it was like kind of a last gasp, like a death, you know, Mm -hmm. know, a death row or something. And it's, it's going away now, um. And I'm I'm just kind of sweating profusely, and what all these things kind of have receded, but there's still our remnants. There's like he's kind of got more of like a, a sharp kind of ridge along his nose, mm-hmm. and the shoulders seem like a little bit broader and a little bit more protruded. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got characteristics now that take on characteristics of the totem, but they're not as just on display like they're a not rage. As pronounced, right? Yeah. Right? Right? So. I just, as I'm kind of there, I kind of wipe the sweat away from my forehead and I look at Harbeck. What the hell's he doing here? Oh, well, I, I don't know. Um, it seems like they're talking, sort of. Um, I think I think he got walloped. But she seems to be handling it pretty well. And on your line pretty well, we cut back over to Aldridge and Ornella. Toyd, Toyd's been working to unseat the queen now for a while. I was, he reached out to me. He told me of things, things that are happening, uh, explanations. I've seen other things, things that I can't really explain why I feel this way. But you have to trust me. I, after you were sent away, Let's talk about that for a moment, uh, if I may. Why I was sent away, Father. Do you remember? Yes. Do you remember looking at me and watching them take me away? Having guards pinning me to the ground outside of the palace? Telling me that I committed a crime that I was there to prevent? Where did that, where did, where did that come from, 
he you start talking and his head bows and he can't look at you he's just looking at the ground while you're talking look at me father he awkwardly like picks his head back up to look at you go on he asked me to make sure you wouldn't be a problem and I thought that at least this way you wouldn't have been killed like my other like my brother and my sister he doesn't say anything what did what else did you do for Toyd he made sure that I would be put on the queen's council I was in charge of the treasury I spent all of the crown's money. All of it? It's all gone. On what? Where did it go? Toyd used a lot of it. I shuffled it around, spent it on projects, unnecessary things. Made it look like... I I made it look not as bad as it was. He said... Said he was going to... It doesn't matter anymore. He promised that he would take care of us, that all of this would be temporary. Us? Yes, us. That... Look, I'm, I'm going to... Ornella, there are things that are happening in the world that... Toyd's going to be the only one that can stop what's coming. I did this. I did this to preserve us, the crown, the people, the countryside, the mills. I did it to preserve that because what's coming is going to, it's going to take all of that away. Don't talk to me. Like, I don't know what's coming or what's going on. I just... Look at where we are. Yep. I am very aware. And despite what you have done, I have made great efforts to try and fix this situation. And all you have done is spent the queen's money and killed the rest of my family. I I would understand if killing me would bring you peace. At that, Harbeck chimes in. Oh, good. Are we killing him then? No. Oh, well, why not? That's what he wants. Oh, I mean, let's ask him. Do you want to be killed? I just can't. The pain is overwhelming. I can't sleep. I have nothing. It's just... It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, Do with me what you want. I Sounds really depressed. He was supposed to send for me to get me out of the city. Toyd says a lot of things. He's rather convincing. He makes you feel like things are your idea. He persuades you to do and say things that you wouldn't normally do or say. This is true. He can also turn into people. I mean, I've I've seen him do it. He's he's very powerful. It's it's why I believed him. He I I know you don't care and don't want it. But I am truly very sorry. 
You know why Toyd approached you, right? You mean, at this point, you have to be aware. Because you're a lying, slimy sack of nothing. Ah, an asshole. He shakes his head yes. I have nothing more to say to you. Well, I've got a few words. You know, I was arrested, too, and I thought that was pretty unfair. And to tell the truth, your house wasn't that great. Honestly, the green shirt didn't look good on me, so your tailor wasn't even that great. (laughs) I thought the green shirt was slimming. Oh, thank you. I should still kill you, though. Do it. Do it! Nah, we need you. Now we're gonna make this fun. Orzak! So, Orzak's watching this happen, this kind of toying, and he has a sly smile on his face. And, but he kind of shakes himself a bit, and we should give him to the medicine women and shamans of my village. They'll find out what's ailing him, and they maybe even find out the truth of what's in his mind. What do you... What do you mean? What's... Why would we tell you? What do you think, Ornella? It's up to you. Ornella is staring a thousand yards into the distance, unblinking this entire time. He bargained our world to the only god that would save us. Oh, shut up. What do you know of gods? How many have you met? Me? I've met two. And they're both way better than yours. When was the last time you saw him? Toyed, spoke to him. Weeks ago. I tried communicating with him. Through the mirror? Uh, Aldridge nods his head yes. Mm. Which one? I don't know where he goes. I, truthfully, I, I... I knew so little. That that wasn't a red flag for you? Or do you are you used to knowing very little? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got him. We'll take him with us. All right. Saddle up, you're riding bitch. Azakir! This uh, spine hunter walks over, and it what passes in spine hunter for a smile creeps across its face, and its big, long neck swoops down to you, Harbeck, and starts nuzzling your shoulder. Oh, sweetie pie, yes. Let's go for a ride. I take the rope and tie up Aldridge. He's going to ride underneath. In the basket? No, hanging. <laughs> he he doesn't resist. He stands with his hands clasped as you tie the rope around him. All right. As that's happening, Orzak kind of straightens up and he turns to Ornella as she's looking away. And he grabs her by both shoulders and turns her to face him. And he hugs her. And there's this really gentle moment where Ornella has been this whole time has just been like rigid and as soon as Orzok's arms like are fully around her she just kind of like melts and like all of her body weight like falls onto Orzok's like chest glistening glistening oh yeah (laughs) it's like a little wet sorry you got a little oil on you (laughs) you like pull away and there's there's like strings yeah (laughs) no no it's not it's nice um and you can feel that she's shaking right and i i'm just kind of holding her and i kind of put my hand on top of her head and kind of brush the hair away from her face and i'd say Thank you. Your new family loves you. And we're going to beat this thing. There will be a world left for us. For your children. 
from my ancestors' children. And then I kind of just squeeze and then I kind of release her. And then I whistle for, and the Takaris come running around the corner. Yeah. Harbeck, you get the last lash tied around uh, Aldridge. Um, he just looks like the word defeat doesn't describe well enough the like just complete look of failure on his face and how sullen and just apathetic his body language and face is we hear off in the distance uh anyone with an alalian background knows it's uh like a, a rallying horn for the teal guard uh, is coming from the the uh, north part of the city and we came up via the south yeah, part, yeah, right? Yep. And that's where the other guard is kind of down there waiting oh, while the, the people Dora, evacuate. Right. Yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, the Dora Mastakar. Right. Um, they, uh, a, one of the runners that you saw before um, in the uh, black, basically, skin suit mm. um, jogs over to you. You see he's got blood on his face. Um, he's got a, a, um, a bleeding wound that's been patched on his shoulder. And he's carrying uh, like a almost empty quiver of arrows. And he, he looks to you, Orzak, and he speaks to you in broken Barabundi. Um, Most of the people have left. It is time for us to go now, too. Follow me to the salt pours. On your, we'll be on your heels. And so he, he turns and starts jogging away. Um, before we leave, I walk over to Hans... Gain Grant Gainsfield Hardsfield Gregory Hansfield Gregory Hansfield Gregory Hansfield and yeah yeah I take his sword and I put it in the saddle of uh, of my Takari and then I it's really gruesome <laughs> go this, on I basically, I, I kind of throw his, he's kind of had a helm on and I take it and I throw it off and I grab him by his hair and I pull him up and it's kind of so his upper torso comes off the ground and I just pull this like gnarly, like bone, like it's actually the finger of a, of a spine hunter, of a spine hunter. It's a knife. And I just, I, it, it's not pretty. And I just saw his head off. <laughs> I, if we get, the, if we get this funny scene of Ornella, Aldridge, and Harbeck watching this, like all three of them are in frame. Their eyes are just wide. And all you hear is a <laughs> of the uh, bone sawing bone. Right. And I bone I saw. place it in a sack and tie it onto the, the saddle of, uh, of my Takari. Takari. And then I mount up and I'm not even looking like this is a weird thing to do. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to, Oh, sorry guys. My bad. You know, it's Whoops. Just, <laughs> just do this. And then I kind of look if everybody's ready, mm-hmm. then I make a clicking sound and take off. Harbeck, you mount up on Azakir and take off into the skies and then Ornella following. Um, so the Takari, the, the, uh, the Tosric, um, scout that you're following is incredibly quick. I mean, he's he's able to maintain a fast pace for a half-elf that he is, and your Takari is... could totally go faster, but mm. is you guys are booking it pretty okay. quickly. Cool. And you round the Doramas Takar, this uh, circular dome building with this black mesh on top, and uh, wind through the south part of the streets, and eventually you come to a part of the city with a large uh, fountain. It would have been a fountain at one time if the water was uh, doing. Yes, but it's not. It's just like an empty basin with some fancy sculptory stuff in the center. And uh, he uh, he motions uh, for you to come close and lifts up this uh, plate inside the fountain. It looks like a... Uh, like the it's edged so perfectly that you wouldn't be able to see it. It's like completely invisible. Then he moves it and you see this um, hole that's about the size of a large man. Um, and he says, do your animals know how will they be able to get out of the city without your help? Yes. This way through the tunnels. And uh, he 
takes both hands, hefts the lid open, um, giving you full access into the salt pores. Okay. Which are essentially where the uh, less strong uh, materials inside the spine just dissolved over the years and created this network of honeycombing tunnels underneath the plateau these are those like back entrance yeah like we you... saw along the cliff yeah. as okay, we cool. went up yeah cool, 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 yep. cool, cool. so you guys yep we'll uh, follow him and uh, as you uh head over the your takari looks at you and gives like kind of a sad face yeah and i'll i'll Aww. i'll kind of you know kind of at the base of its neck where it's got some like almost like turkey kind of parts <laughs> like kind of waddle the turkey parts <laughs> Like, and you know, kind of, it kind of perks up a little bit, and uh, I lean in, and I, in whatever clicking I can manage to do, I say, "Don't lose the head." <laughs> it it nods its uh, reptilian head uh, in a acknowledgement, and takes like its long serpentine tongue and uh, caresses like all the way from your temple oh, down below God. your chin up to your other temple. I want to pet my Takari's giblets too. You can. Yeah. A roll animal handling. <laughs> you totally need to do that. I feel like we've bonded at this point. Yeah. Let's see what you roll. A two. Oh, man. It almost was a 20. Uh, it's a three because I got a plus one. So. Oh, nice. So that's way different than a two. Maybe uh, yours is a way. female and it's like, uh, that's not what those are. So you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No giblets? No, no giblets. giblets. So you go to. Uh, pet the Takari's head and it just looks at you quiz- uh, quizzically and flashes its long serrated teeth as you go to touch it. You don't know me like that. Yeah. You don't know me like, okay, whatever. It, That's- it turns its head away and uh, Orzok's Takari just takes off and uh, your Takari just follows right behind in step. We, it's okay. we, uh, we end that scene on you two climbing into these uh, tunnels and disappearing as the uh, Tosric scout behind you pulls the lid closed and the hole just becomes invisible. Like it, it's so perfectly cut into the stone that cool. uh, the edges just disappear. Uh, angular cross cut over to the skies. Um, Harbeck. Uh-huh. Uh, Kira begins uh, speaking to you. She says, uh, I don't like this one. Who is speaking to me? Well, Isaac here, but <laughs> but it's okay. Okay, so I who's wait? So whose voice do I hear? Um, you're the goddess that yeah. uh, gave herself to the spine hunter. There's a small bit of her that exists inside this inside Isaac here now, which changed him into the nature spirit that he is. Right, right. Okay. I'm, oh. <laughs> Okay. Do you oh do you mean um the the man? Yes, there's something not right about him. Oh, wait. Do you, Hold on. Do you mean like f- fishy? Oh, he's he's there's a darkness inside of him. Oh, fuck. Let's just drop him. They won't know and tell him I screwed up. The, so and and this is all happening with just the sound of rushing wind and the oh, yeah. large wings of the right. spine hunter flapping as you <laughs> scream through the skies. Yeah. Uh, Let's just take him back to the village. There's there's more to be gained, I think. I unfortunately must deal in evil before we become out good. But I want first dibs when we make that choice. Oh sure. We. Uh, cut over to back to Ornella and Orzok. You come out to the bottom of these salt pores uh, into a the, the the badlands and the desert floor. Behind you, towering above, is the burning city of Kitir, and in front of you uh, are about seventy-five to a hundred Tosric people covered in um, uh, pharaoh blankets and uh, using it to shield themselves from. Uh, the let's see, it's probably like very early morning. We are just starting to see the very deep red of the sun rise in the east. Yes, thank God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> touch crap. and go there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. 
That's all right. You did good. Uh, <laughs> and um, one of the the Tozrik see you as you emerge so and uh, come up to you, Orzak, and uh, he says, "There are men over on the other side of this ridge on horses." They said with we us. can trust them. Yes. This is some kind of trick. I kind of laugh. Come now. If we wanted you, if we were going to allow your people to die, we would simply have left you. He turns uh, back to the the group of 75 or so uh, folk. Folk? Uh, I'm just going to make a quick note really quick. Boop, boop, boop. A quick note really quick? Quick note really quick. Really quick, 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 quick notes. Note. Really quick, quick Really note. quick. Quick notes. F- fuck notes. Really? really quick. He speaks to them in their language, and everyone uh, uh, begins to stand up. Uh, you can see that a lot of the uh, makeup of this group are uh, young children. Um, there's maybe like a couple dozen uh, warrior types uh, and maybe like a dozen of the uh, scouts that you saw that are in this black um, skin suit. Are there elders there? Like their no. circle? No. Where is your circle? They wanted to be left with the city. That was the whole point. The point was to get the people out of the city. The art of the pharaoh needs to we need it. The art exists with us. The circle... The circle can't leave the city. That's their choice. We will mourn them, but first we must leave here. And he whistles really loud, and the uh, folks begin uh, gathering the small amount of belongings that they've taken with themselves, wrapped carpets or... Uh, um, clay pots of things uh, and then we we hear the sound of rocks begin to fall from the city itself and you both turn and see your Takari scrambling down the uh, side of the city towards you cool uh, signal for him to round up and then uh, we'll uh, lead the group back towards the the, the men folk yep. that are over there on the other side uh, Harbeck yeah. where do you take Azakir I take them. I take them back to Orzak's village. Okay, you 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 go straight there. Yeah, because you're going to beat them probably by. I mean, it'll take them at least two days or so to get there, and uh, you could probably get there before nightfall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my my plan is, well, I'll role play it. No, that's fine. I just wanted to check and see what, just so I know where to bounce back and forth in these next few scenes. Yep. Perfect. Cool. All right. I didn't mean to split up the party again. Sorry. No, it's no, okay. okay. Dude, you got a giant flying machine. That's true. We a flying machine. We got we got that them there giant flying got machine. Magic bus. Why did you turn into Boomhauer? <laughs> got that man right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Got the damn man. Uh, we have a group of riders come out from the. Uh, the formation in front of you and they uh, do the same thing like they get a couple outriders to go on the flank and then um, a single rider approaches you and, and I stops kind of in profile in front of you okay I like fall back behind Ornella we talked to these guys on the way in right, mm-hmm. right. yeah mm-hmm. they know who we are yeah but I'm sure it's anyway I fall back behind Ornella so I'm not in front <laughs> So he he approaches you then, Ornell, Mm -hmm. and he says, uh, how many were you able to get out of the city? A hundred, maybe less. We will uh, form up and move in towards the city to cover your escape. Where should I have uh, Commander Fell meet? Um, That's a good question. Viscount Fell. He hasn't been to camp yet not yet but you're my the scale mother and one other individual met at that at that, at meeting that neutral place, place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um should we just meet up there again yeah yeah i think so 
Cool. Glad that we could work that out. Uh, Viscount Fell uh, met with me and my people at a, a neutral meeting ground. And mm-hmm. that's where we are headed. I, I will send the word then. Good luck. Travel safe. You as well. Stick to the southern parts. There are contingencies of the Teal Guard spread out between here and uh, the canyons where Viscount Fell told to meet. Just keep to the south and you should be away from them. Thank you. Um, be well. And he takes his horse and and the horse uh, turns and he rides back to the formation of people. You hear a couple horn blasts and you can see the formation of men begin to spread out and they begin to move towards the city as if they were to round up prisoners. Cool. And then you folks take the Tosric refugees and head towards the Barabundi camp? Correct. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes. Neat. <laughs> Neat. Neat. Awesome. Let I don't let me I'm trying to decide how I want to do this next part. And I think I'm gonna do this first. So first night of camp is quiet and the mood is low. Morale is low. The whole city in the background, you've traveled uh the rest of the the full day and the city of Katir is just a, a speck in the distance, the size of your pinky, with big black smoke rising from the uh, once great uh, city. And uh, at the end of the day, the campfire, um, sitting around, not a lot of people are talking. Mm-hmm. If they are, they're kind of whispering amongst their own cloistered um, relatives or, and whatnot. I love that word, cloister. Yeah. Great Pokemon. Uh. <laughs> Shelter for life. We uh, we watch um, the camera. How much time do we have? Perfect. This should work. Uh, we see uh, Orzok undo his bedroll and lie down. Uh, Dakari lying relatively close to him. And we see his eyes slowly close and the world around um, fades and goes fuzzy and eventually goes to black. Orzaki, wake up. I get my own. I'm a real boy now. Uh, your eyes open and immediately the smell of ash fills your nostrils, of burning of fire, char, um, a forest fire that's been burning for weeks f- fills your senses your eyes start to water um the taste of uh char and carbon in your mouth um i sit up and look to each side hand on sword uh you grip the sword haft and uh the the desert surroundings of the badlands the rocky um, canyon walls and tall spines have all been replaced by an entirely flat desert. Um, you look down to the expecting to see tan and beige sand, and it has been replaced by black ash. Is what's the sky look like? You look up and you see that the sun above you takes up nearly the entire sky. Mm. Um, there's no clouds. It's literally just this gigantic red orb that almost stretches across the entire horizon. Uh, you you see gouts of fire and arcing uh, pillars of flame shoot out from the body of the sun, and it yeah it's a deep uh, pulsating red com- color. Um, the air wisps around you and um, gray and black particulate get into your eye, um, get into your mouth, uh, tastes like ash. And ahead of you, in the distance, it's hard to tell because everything is so flat, distance, there's no real, like, it's difficult to tell how far something might be. Um, You see above you is this stretched red sun, and in front of you, almost like mountains, but totally flat, is this enormous 
serpent that's lying down that stretches from uh like take your peripheral vision and then turn your head a few degrees either way and you see this snake coiled around itself uh in on the horizon um i as i i start walking tw- in that direction as a as a and as i'm walking I don't see that I'm getting any closer, so I just kind of start slowly getting to a run, and it's becoming like I'm just sustaining this sprint like beyond natural length, and I'm just it's like running like I've never run before towards it feels like you run for hours, and the the size of the 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 distance doesn't seem to obviously change, which tells you this thing is huge. Uh, enormous and you uh, uh, you hear the, you, you hear the thing breathe but it doesn't sound like breath per se it sounds like um, it, the lowest note that you could play in a in a tuba this deep of of exhale and inhale that makes the air move against your face and you can feel the particulates uh, go into and away from your face as this thing breathes in front of you. And as I'm not getting any closer, I, 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 I'm exhausted at this point and I, I fall down on my knees and I look up at the sun and I look out towards the snake and I, I cry out. Azaka, Veto, creator of all I love. What has happened? Where are you? I see you, but I cannot find you. You hear a familiar voice call out to you from behind you. You're difficult to find, boy. Turning, you see a man similar in stature to yourself, but much, much older. Creases on his forehead and a face that testify to the passage of time. His cloth is of Barabundi make, and the tattoos across his face cannot be mistaken for anyone other than Scalefather Varuni. The man who gave himself to your mother in their first coupling. And I, I just like kind of fall and I like literally crawl and like, it's like a desperation like towards his feet. And as I, I just grab his legs, I like weeping onto his feet. Stand boy. Groveling does not become one of you. And I kind of grab onto his hands and, Unmoving, he's not lifting me up. He's, no, I'm just using him as a pillar, and I'm pulling myself up. And he's, I mean, it's it's all coming back, right? The smell, like yeah. he smells like your father. He, um, the clothing is as you remember. Um, the scars and the um, the way he stands, it all feels very familiar to you. And what's interesting is, I get up there and I pull myself up. I realize that I'm taller than him. He's shorter than I remember, and mm-hmm. I look down. Father, what is this a dream? In a way of speak, yes. I have been traveling across our people's dreams to find you. You don't dream much, Orzok, so it's been difficult. Only now that the world's mana roils to the surface, can I speak to you in this way? And I kind of gesture towards the snake, and I say, "What is happening? Is this what is going? Is this what will happen?" This is both what will and what has. This exists at all points in time, forever, before and after. The where we are is insignificant. It is only useful when a place exists. There is a place for it to be. We are at the moment that the gods were mistaken, Orzak. Their arrogance and inscrutable machinations became our birth. I I don't I, I don't understand. Are you in the pit? Why are you calling out to me? All of our ancestors, spirits, our people. The change in our world has caused us to to leave our resting place, to leave the sleep, and to walk again in this world, 
this half dream state in between your world and the rest. What you see now is important for you to understand. But I don't understand. You will come to a choice, Orzak, in the coming days. Our ancestors have seen it. You've all seen it. Just as our great progenitor had a choice. Lie comfortably the way the world is, basking in its familiarity, reveling in placid existence. Or will you rise to the challenge that which is? Stand before imperceptible realities and demand liberty from their authority, just as the serpent did here and now. At the word now, you see the, the snake's head rise in front of you, moving effortlessly slow, creating sonic booms as it moves, loud uh, uh, clappings of air, rise black sand and silt falls off of its head as its enormous form lifts above the horizon it's now you can see how huge this thing is as it takes up like a quarter of the sun's uh space in the sky and is the lesson of tradition orzak that in azakaveto's sacrifice they would give us a chance at existence and the snake coils and lunges up at the sun, extending its mouth as wide as the diameter of the sun itself, and eventually latching on to the sun like a big egg. And you can see its huge teeth dig into the roiling and churning ball of fire as electricity and gouts of flame shoot out from around its mouth. You can see scales and bits of its face blow apart as it begins to chew and eat the sun. Uh... From the center of the sun, you see a black shape emerge. The shape, while being almost imperceptibly small, becomes all that you can see. Its head is long, like a sailback's head. It sticks out really far, almost like the aliens from mm. the alien movies. Uh, it looks distinctly humanoid, but incredibly foreign. Its skin is milky white and translucent. Uh, again, sort of like the Prometheans in that movie. It's got that weird right, right, matte. Right. Yeah, like something that doesn't see light. Oh, yeah. It's completely strange and foreign. It, this figure emerges from the center of the sun and begins pushing with its hands to stop uh, in, a, in a vain effort to stop this enormous snake from swallowing the entire sun. And you can see the, the eyes of the snake point and look directly at this figure now. And its efforts only increase as it begins to swallow and devour the giant, rotted, corpulent sun. The translucent figure lifts its arm in protest, and your gaze refocuses again, spotting the mouth of Azika Veto extending wider and wider until it covers three quarters of the entire sun itself. More gouts of fire shoot out from the corner, blasting apart bits of the snake, um, fly off in, like, in giant meteors with smoke trails coming from behind them. Uh, in a final effort, the serpent lunges with all of its body now at the star, wrapping itself around it, long arcing streaks of purple lightning lash out. The serpent whips its body and unseats the sun from the sky and snaps its jaws close around the star, uh, eliminating all but the faintest red glow of light that just gives you the smallest amount of vision so you can really only see now the great serpent with its red glowing orange body as the energy begins to dissipate through its form and it collapses on the ground. The sound of the, pulsa the pulsating air, the shifting uh, movement and, and sound of the great creature's breath ceases and it becomes uncomfortably quiet. Um, in, the, in the faint glow where seemingly perception and depth don't exist anymore. I turn and I just see 
like the left like highlighted side of my father's shape and I look and I say we have to we have to rest our we have to rest our existence from non-existence we do the natural state is nothing we have to fight for everything we have that is why I showed you this I understand now I love you father and I love you son take care of your mother and I wake up just crying covered like, in sweat like most people would be like bawling their eyes out but it's like three tears and like I don't even know if I have and tear ducts and that's bawling yeah, for you right? yeah. the most you've oh, ever cried so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. emotions are weird yeah yeah we come to oh man this is cool i didn't i all right we uh will end this part so tim you uh the end of the first day you begin flying towards the uh village of the barabundi and as you get close you can see um streaks of smoke in the sky as you get close mm. faster you see a gout of fire shoot out from the uh, from the town center. Fuck. You see a brass dragon oh, at the center of town, um, surrounded by Takari, some dead, some alive, um, and its huge form is taking its raking claws and picking up Takari and throwing them across the center of the Barabundi city. Um, you see a rider on the back of the oh, of the dragon, and uh, the dragon's head and the head of the rider look up to you um, as the great Azakir float flies in the sky. Oh man, we're going to end on okay. on what you say here. I pitch wide so they can see me from the saddle. I say, "Hang on, Aldridge," and I just flip them off both fingers as I circle. <laughs> And we fade to black. That's the end of part one of episode 14. Everyone, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with a dank second part. Dank. Bye. Bye. Bye.